Hello and welcome to Pullback Reveal with me, Kev Rook, the interview podcast where we talk to funny people to find out what makes them laugh. So we'll speak to comedians, actors, authors, academics, award winners, sports people, you name it, and we'll find out from them what they find funny and how humour and comedy has influenced their work. So it might get serious from time to time, hey? Why not, hey? But at the end of the day, we'll always come back to the funny. So sit back, relax, put your feet up and enjoy this week's episode of Pull Back Reveal. Thank you very much. Good morning, internet. Is it the internet? When you listen to a podcast, is it the internet? That's the eternal question. (laughs) Hello. Uh, You're right. No, it's not uh, Kev from Karma. It's actually Kev from Real Life. It's Kev from Real Life. It's me here. Uh, Kev from Podcast Pull Back Reveal. And I have been... I mean, talk about Vietnam references. It's a cheery start. Uh, I have been missing in action, haven't I? Gone AWOL. Uh, more missing in action, actually. Um, Chief Commander. Not very good on me, military. Uh, Chief Commander, listener. I have been. Oh, dear. Uh, more missing in action. I've not been absent without leave. Oh, no. I have been a very busy boy sorting out the world's greatest comedy festival the west Didsbury comedy festival 2020 yeah 2020 i just like saying 2020 man it's all about 2020 in it it's all about 2020 fuck 19 2019 screw you do one mate you are not welcome around these parts no more no we are all chomping at the bit um what am I on about? Uh, good morning, everyone. I or evening, afternoon, whenever, wherever you are listening to this fabulous, um, award-winning. I've given myself an award podcast. Uh, Pull back reveal where I speak to much funnier people than I uh, about all things comedy and humour and their careers and where it comes from. And oh, it's been a little while. I do apologise. It. The plan was to have a brief sabbatical. Um, but not for it to be quite this long. But as you know, the West Didsbury Comedy Festival 2020 has kind of been taking over all my spare time at the moment uh, in terms of, well, sorting it out, obviously. And I don't mind telling you my bestest chums, my, you know, my ear, ear buddies, mouth, my mouth, your ear, press close. I don't mind whispering sweet nothings to you uh, to tell you that the festival is going absolutely bloody fantastic. It's going brilliantly. Um, you may have seen on the old uh, Facebook there or or Twitter. Check those out if you're uh, not on those yet, kids. Uh, they're they're pretty pretty much where it's all happening. And uh, yeah, it's going brilliant. So we have announced our first little raft of. Uh, comics performers for the festival uh, I should say shouldn't I 24th, 25th, 26th of April let's turn off the heater that probably make the sound a bit better there you go, I'm not having to shout so much now over that, who designed this um, Nissan hey, bloody hell um, anyway, 24th, 25th 26th of April of next year, 2020 like I said um, we are taking over West Didsbury with seven venues i mean i've been telling people 30 plus shows 40 plus hey eh? get some of that 40 plus shows i'm sure over 50 performers probably 60 now uh when you add them all up all the people that are involved in those shows and taking over some amazing wonderful gorgeous intimate venues in west didsbury we've got a gig in a chip shop i mean if that's not a sign of having made it I don't know what is. The Chippy on Burton Road is going to be hosting Fish and Quips. Oh, 
I, I, that's my contribution. I came up with that. Um, but also, we've got the West Didsbury Club. We've got the Northern Tennis Club. We've got the Albert Club are on board now doing some stuff. That's an absolutely gorgeous place tucked away. Leafy West Didsbury. That's the Guardian and property sections and the estate agents uh, like to describe the area as. And, uh, yeah, loads more. Volta, uh, Saison, uh, Time Out. Who have I forgot? The West Didsbury Club, does I say them? Um, yeah, there you go. Look, some brilliant venues. But but the reason I'm here, how long have I been chatting for now? I think it's some time. It is five minutes nearly. I do apologise. Um, I haven't changed. <laughs> he hasn't changed. Um, to say this is a new episode of Pullback Reveal and it's with the absolutely amazing Howard Reed. Now, you may know Howard Reed from your children watching children's television because he is responsible, the brains, the man, he is. Big Howard, little Howard, that's the Howard that it is. And we talk all about kind of his route into doing kids TV programming, but also obviously he's a stand up for adults ultimately that's what he it's not blue or anything really not too blue uh just normal grown-up stuff and yeah he's an amazing stand-up who sort of takes this multimedia tech approach to his stand-up with this character little howard that he's got and we talk about his relationship with that character as well and how they've grown and and maybe how their relationship has developed over the years as well um and loads of other stuff other projects that howard was working on to be fair absolutely months ago and i'll just say at the start and it'll make sense when you listen howard i hope your wood burning stove my friend it's doing a cracking job for you because it's now that you need it, isn't it? And and I mocked you at the time of the interview. A wood-burning stove during the one of the hottest summers on record. Having I mean, that fitted, are you mad? Well, <laughs> when I went downstairs this morning in my house, it was bloody freezing. And I bet Howard and the, the Howard family, um, probably call themselves the Reed family, don't they? But the Howard family were all toasty, toasty warm with that wood-burning stove so look without further ado i have witted on for long enough i'll pop up again at the end but look you're busy now check us out will you at pullback reveal tap that into your old social medias and also at west dids com fest west dids com fest or just type west didsbury comedy festival into google uh, and you'll find us there as well give us a follow give us a like a subscribe a share buy some tickets to don't know what's on sale nothing yet um but buy some tickets get ready spread the word we're doing lots of stuff and i hope you're enjoying it and all seriously i really really do so without further ado sit back relax put your feet up and enjoy the fantastic howard reed from several months ago sorry howard um and yeah let's i I can't remember what we said let's have a listen thanks howard thanks everyone else my mouth your ears okay cool awesome Okay, so I am joined now by Howard Reed. Hello, Howard. Hello there, Heather. How are you, Kip? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, is it your building work that's going on? I'll mention it now in case we hear it in the background and people don't think you're at the dentist or. Yes, no, like we're, we're, uh, we're, we're going full on uh, middle class and we're having a wood burning stove installed. Oh, yeah. amazing. Where, where's that? Which, let's find out how middle class you are. Which room is that um, being? Is that in the the library or the it's, it's in the lounge <laughs> in the lounge okay, it's quite quite normal yeah <laughs> fair, fair enough How, how's the uh, the it's builders can po- possibly hear you so you you obviously i'm sure you want to be very complimentary How, how's how's that project going so far it's, it's, it's we've got a 1960s we had a 1960s gas fire in there and they've they're yeah earlier on they were drilling it out with massive sort of chisel things and now they've got a big brick hole in the wall and now they're, I think that's that's them mixing concrete to uh, to uh, line it. It looks lovely, yeah. Yeah, great. So I'm allowed to say this because my dad's a builder. Um, what is it, midday-ish now, isn't it? So they'll be knocking off soon anyway, Howard. So yeah, they want, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll want like two grand cash off you for, for something. And then yeah. uh, they'll be heading off to the, uh, the, the pub this afternoon. So <laughs> as I said, I'm allowed to say that. Don't complain. Uh, my dad is a builder and doesn't do that. Obviously, if anyone, any <laughs> clients are listening or uh, <laughs> or if he's even listening himself, he works very hard. I'll yeah, just put the uh, the claws in there to yeah. get myself out of that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, kind of before we started, thanks very much for, for 
chatting with us today. I really appreciate it. And um looking forward to hearing what you're you're up to at the moment. Are you you very busy? Are you on a, a run up to Edinburgh? Are you gonna be going up there nope. this year? I'm not Edinburgh this year. I am okay. live stuff. I am doing some cruise shows with my little Howard family shows for the first time, which is Amazing. going to be interesting. So um, doing that, I've got three of those. Uh, in between those, I'm doing some shows in Hong Kong and some workshops. Um, and uh, in the middle of all that, uh, I'm doing a new show at the Camden Fringe uh, with my kids uh, who... Do uh, workshops with Comedy Club for Kids, and they're doing their first. They're doing forty-five minute show uh, of the sketches and their stand-up, and I'm supplying, I'm directing it and supplying animations. So that's a just a mental and great fun project. That well, would, yeah, and and that wood burn is not going to pay for itself, is it? How no, no, no. <laughs> yes, the kids have to pay for it. That's what they need to do. If you want to be warm this coming winter, you will get out there on the state well how, how did that come about let's start there that's that's pretty fascinating and quite a, a brave leap for all of you i'd imagine yeah it's a bit mental well sort of my my sort of backstory is that i started off as a stand-up and then i started doing animation in my spare time and then that led to me doing a couple of web series with the cartoons i was making which led to me creating little howard who's the double act partner i work with uh and people always try, and we did Edinburgh with that in the early noughties and got nominated for Perrier in 2003. But people always tried to bring their kids and it wasn't, wasn't a kid show. Uh, right. And after three years of uh, crit- critical acclaim, but getting no bums on seats during touring, uh, I thought, well, why don't my agent at the time said, why don't you do a kid show? And it turns out there were two jokes which were filthy, but right. I had to cut. <laughs> Uh, suddenly turned it into a kids show and then I'd got a, a kids TV series and uh, and uh, yeah did the Royal Variety and stuff like that and so I ended up being a kids performer but the first kids show I did was with Comedy Club for Kids uh, who was started off by uh, James Campbell and now is run by um, um, Isabel Adams and, and Tina Duyeb. Uh and they I did lots of shows for them they just run club gigs for families um, and with family friendly stuff and and uh, and they also run uh, kids' workshops for, for, for teaching kids stand-up and performance skills. And they have a discount for children of comedians. Uh, right. So, so uh, Sam and Mabel uh, attend them on and off with uh, Tony Law's kids and uh, Mitch Ben's kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they, they this just... Is like, it... This is like the Avengers, Howard. This is like <laughs> you're, you're breeding a, the next... Um, yeah, the next wave of you know comedians to take I'm over the world. Then glad you went with the, with the Avengers because uh, um, uh, the Von Trapps is what other people have said. But of oh, course, right. okay. um, uh, <laughs> one of the Avengers is the son of uh, a comedian. Right. Which one? Um, I, I'm not up on my. I uh, said Tom, Avengers. I don't know where I. Put uh, Tom Holland, who is who is Spider Man, is Dominic Holland's son. Bloody hell! Yeah, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's Amazing. quite there's, there's a new generation. So um um. Uh, Mark Steele's son uh, is a uh, comic, uh, and so is oh, there's another one. There's a few others. Yeah, yeah. They're, the next generation is is sort of moving up. But yeah, so Sam and Mabel are um, Mabel's eleven tomorrow, and Sam's twelve, and they they have deeply weird, surreal little minds that doesn't don't edit themselves when they're coming up with stuff, and so they they just perf- they write stuff, and me and my wife help them edit it and get sort of cut to the chase. Uh, and they perform it with sort of joy and vigor. And it's really funny because of that. And it's like, even if it's not the best jokes in the world, they yeah. think they are, and they haven't got the self-doubt that most people have, uh, especially people who have worked um, with executive producers who tell you tell them that their ideas are crap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's it's great fun. And it's, yeah, it's it beats playing board games. Um, no, no that, that's amazing. I've got um, two young children. I've got a 12-week-old. Oh wow. um, yeah, so um, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm still awake at midday today, so I've not dozed off anywhere yet. The chance to be a fine thing. Um, but a, a four-year-old as well, who's like absolutely as many four-year-old girls are. You know, it all becomes a life becomes a musical, doesn't it? You know, and it's uh, singing and uh, dressing up and and putting on performances. And it, is that where that that came from? Do you think for yeah, their passion that they mate- got from it? Mabel's very much always been a sort of show off dress up as uh, Elsa from Frozen girl. Yeah. Uh, but Sam's much quieter and much more um, shy. 
And so one of the reasons, so we sent him because we thought we might bring him out himself. And it really did. It sort of turned him from a kid who wouldn't answer questions at school, but would whisper the answer to his mate. So they'd answer. Right, okay. And, Got you. and Mabel has been, is the complete opposite. But we thought she needed to um, focus her, <laughs> her creative energy somewhere. And so we just, we just sent her to shut her up, frankly. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's both two very different kids, but they work because of that they work really well together and they sort of they just go off and come up with ideas and uh, they will often just you, you tell them to work on an idea that they've and they'll literally walk, the door won't have finished swinging before they come back in and yeah. sing an entire song that they've made up yeah we've workshopped it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's either that they, they, yeah they're geniuses or they've just got a very low quality threshold <laughs> but no you're, you're right it's a, a goodness you know that that confidence there if you could bottle that and, and take that forward into you know, adults and grown-ups performing stand-up, it's part of the secret of success, I think, a bit, isn't it? Is that belief in what you're saying and yeah, non- yeah. non-censorship and, you know, the stuff that probably plagues us all the time and makes us doubt what we're doing. Yeah, and I reckon I reckon there's, I reckon performance is about 60 or 70% of stand-up. Like, if you perform anything with confidence, it will be funny. Uh, yeah. And obviously, having great material. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a better writer than I am a performer. Um, but you see comics who have got. You look at actually what they're saying, and it's, it's not that great. But, but they're saying it in, with such conviction that it's funny. Uh, and yeah, so the kids have, the kids have got that in spades, and they haven't had that knocked out of them or their hearts broken yet. Hey, yeah. It, that's yeah. Don't tell them about the future, Howard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please shield them from that uh, for the time being um although with brexit and trump don't worry there yeah no, the good news is they there. might not they might never have their hearts broken no yeah, yeah. Might, there might not be a future yeah <laughs> so that's the uh, the positive spin that I, i'm putting on the state of the world at the moment anyway um <laughs> so you obviously you, you mentioned through and thank you for sort of doing that that bookending almost of um your career and different bits that you you're up to for us there um well the, the other the, the, my main thing at the moment though is i'm writing a lot for um right. for other people and i've got a couple of uh um comedy ideas and development with production companies and things like that so i, I my sort of my other half of my 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 comedy life is writing mainly for cartoons uh and for horrible histories and and sort of for kids telly which sort of came off the back of uh, uh the tv show i did for cbbc yeah of course which is little howard as you you mentioned at the start and obviously yeah. something that i'm i'm sure lots of people will do naturally i think associate your your name with you know and and that probably for a lot of people was kind of their their first time that you popped up on their radar as well you know that people would have become a, a you know massive or more widely um knowing uh, of your work as well what yeah how many I'm, years ago I'm, sorry go on after sorry um, sorry the, yeah i'm now getting uh kids who watch the tv show so the tv show was on um between 2009 and 2011 we did three series and i'm yeah. now getting ki- kids well uh, teenagers who were sort of 11 and 12 at the time yeah. coming to see my live shows and realizing that big howard <laughs> Th- th- thinks about other things as, as, as well as what on CBT. Howard? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like I went to um, remember, will always remember this vividly of um, go, my parents taking me to see Sooty and Sweep um, in um, concert. I don't know if you'd even call it that, would you really? Um, but them doing a, a, a live, live performance and... Um, I can't remember the guy's surname. I'm sure it was it was the Matthew guy Corbett. that was Matthew Corbett. Of course it was. Yeah, who was um yeah the not to ruin not spoiler alert everyone, but who was operating them or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, he was doing it at the time, and yeah, that was kind of yeah the uh, the magicalness of when you look at these things when you're you're a bit bit younger is a a lovely thing, isn't it? But then obviously then to find out much more in the future and to sort of uh, see behind the curtain uh, as such of it so well, well what's lovely you... with 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 the little howard stuff is because it started off as as a fringe show and an adult stand-up show with yeah and uh, when was that when did that when was the so first we, time so running that the out first show i did was 2002 which was a, a st- half to half stand-up and half animation so i sort of i had half an hour of 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 club material uh, and didn't think I had it in me to write another decent half an hour before Edinburgh, uh, but had a load of animations that I've been doing for online things. Um, 
and then came up with the idea of a, a kid version of me. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was 2002 and then did a full hour show, which was just me. So it like a double act show between me and Howard in 2003. And that, yeah, that got the Perry nomination. Yeah. So where, cause so you didn't have kids at the time, obviously no. when you were, that, that was a few years before they arrived on the scene. So where does an idea of having, you know, even though it's a, you knew that you were writing a show for, for adults, but where did that, idea come from to have a you know it's it, a, a younger version of you in essence isn't it really yeah well it came from i just just drew i wanted to do was doing an, an like an e-advert to email around mates to get them to come and see my previews and i drew this kid this kid version of me uh, right. and just did this voice and the voice is a voice that i used to do for one of my teddies when i was a kid um and just really liked him. I thought it was really funny. And the sort of original joke with Little Howard was that it was automated stand-up comedy. It was um, so Little Howard would do emceeing stuff. He would talk to the front row, all pre-recorded animations. So it was a database of animations saying, "What's your name? Where you, where do you come from?" And I would have ten of the most popular men's names and women's names um, from the demographic that I figured that would be coming to my shows. And so yeah. he could answer, if you said your name was John, he could, he could, he could say, hello, John. Uh, and that was based on a, someone told me that, um, uh, Simon Munnery was at the comedy store once watching a particularly, uh, hack, uh, MC doing, yeah, do, doing all the lines like, um, yeah. how long have you been a plumber, etc. Um, and he leaned over to someone and said, one day all this will be done by machines. And, uh, and so my, my my in my head I was thinking is it possible to is it possible to mechanize um improv in quotation marks um, yeah. uh, and that that was the that was the joke and I think that's one of the reasons we did so well at the fringe was because it was a joke about comedy and uh and what was fun about it is watching me try and work this is an enormous database of uh of things and very often I'd press the wrong buttons and I'd be sitting there tapping into a keyboard trying to queue up his, his the correct lines and quite often uh doing it wrong but that was funny in itself and not partly yeah. because you're, you're doing something quite clever clever and smug and so but i wasn't doing it well <laughs> and so well, I, I i do you know and immediately as you said of the um you know having that database of like 10 most popular names that was immediately what popped up in my head then of like oh well there's even humor there because if you haven't got the name for him just to be calling someone else yeah, another and name so, anyway is going to be really funny, isn't it? Because and it, so it was you're a, sort of showing the limitations of the the machine almost. Yeah, and and the the, the, the sort of smug joke that, uh, you, that all this can be done by machines. And the fact is, it can't because yeah. a human brain is. A, but but watching someone try and do that, uh, who hopefully is a funny person and uh, and is struggling with it in a funny way uh was was what uh, that's what everybody liked, and also everyone liked it. Like little Howard's just a very uh, and what was lovely about it, what, what, what I sort of was thinking on a tangent earlier, was that it's not just kids that would uh, completely buy into it. What my live stuff, my animation live stuff, works on the audience completely suspending their disbelief. And I was when the audience yeah. are coming in, I always I draw them when they're coming in on, on the screen. And so I always get try and get them into my world and my way of thinking from as soon as they're in the room, just because when they don't do that, when they don't buy into it, they just hate the show. <laughs> like it's very, I never do little Howard, very rarely do Howard on a set with other people because you're, you've got everybody in other people's mindsets. And for, I'm asking them to suspend their disbelief and believe in this flat cartoon projection. Uh, and if they don't invest in that, they won't enjoy the show. And so, yeah, but very often a, r a really good little Howard show will end up with adults going, oh, I hate that pigeon. There's a baddie in it. Who's right, a, yeah. A, a pigeon called Roger who's based on Bernard Manning. Um, and yeah. It's, it's like the manager type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I've got friends who said they caught themselves saying, oh, that, I hate that pigeon. He was like, <laughs> like, as if it was a real thing, which is, well, yeah, which is when you're doing your job right as a storyteller. Well, yeah, because it, it's 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 quite immersive, isn't it? What you're doing, really, even though you're sort of, be, you know, you're you're knocking it at, at one point, you know, about its fallibility almost of, um, yeah, being able to live up to that that throwaway comment that was made of, of machines will will do this. It, yeah, it is an immersive experience for people, so it probably does, as you say, suit 
a solo show much better or a TV show where it's it's purely that subject. You know, you probably don't. There's probably a, a time period is there for the audience to kind of not retune their brains, but, you know, almost to get into it and buy into it maybe at the, yeah, at the start and, if you're on another bill, especially. And the, the struggle is that what I, what I always feel I need to do on, on a stand-up bill with doing the animation stuff is I need to prove myself as a stand-up first so that they right. know that I can cope if I'm not just a tech guy who's got up and trying a thing. Uh, but the problem with that is that they then see that I can do stand-up and then they go, oh, why are you doing this crap? <laughs> yeah. Why, why would you just tell us Now let me turn the computer on. They're all like, oh, bloody. Yeah, I was yeah. enjoying what you were doing already, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, 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 it's a tricky one to do in a, in, a, in a space that isn't my own, if you see what I mean. So do you still do you still like little howard or have, what's your relationship like with little howard i do, I, I do. He's, he's paid for my house uh yeah uh, uh, but but um i think the there's weird a bloody with... wood there's a wood burner going in people exactly he's got his <laughs> name on it um but uh don't put him in that don't put him in there there might be children listening i do yeah, yeah. Mark, this is adults only but <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah no it's 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 got water as i've got older um it, the relationship's different. When I started doing it, Howard, I was in my sort of mid-twenties and and I was quite sort of boyish myself. And so it was, you could, I never was never specific about what our relationship was, whether we were sort of brother, big brother and little brother or father and son or just friends or anything like that. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm much more dad-shaped person. And so the dynamic between us is less... Is, is, is different and so it, it yeah so it's it's a thing that i'm still doing and i'm still touring and i still love doing it but i also uh love doing other things as well and so um yeah so it's a sort of it, it's it's he's st- the problem with the joke is always that he stays the same age and i get older but the yeah is that also happens and so you it's it's hard you can't i can't be the same performer i was 20 years ago not no, I guess you, you can't. You can't be almost as mischievous, maybe, as you used to be with it. Yeah. Are you more? Are you more like chastising him now then, or authoritarian? Yeah, which is less, which is less fun. And and yeah. I, it was always um, the classic idiot uh, and the the two idiot and the dumb and dumber sort of thing. Whereas I, me being as stupid as a six year old now is just less. If you if you're not familiar with the characters, if you're coming to it new, it's less. It's it's harder to get into, whereas I'm sure people who have always watched my shows uh, will see me as Big Howard and w- will will just buy the fact that uh yeah I've got a beard now and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you think you'll? I mean, it would be interesting to see if you know when you're when you're an old man, you know, of um, <laughs> what your conversations with Little Howard will be, you know, with you as a seventy, eighty year old and uh, well, actually, you know... interestingly, that's. <laughs> One of the other things that I'm, one of the things, one of the first animation projects I did was a thing called Two Posh Old Men, which I wrote and with my writing partner, Chris Chantler. Um, and I'm actually now just revisiting that idea, but with, with Chris, but with also with other comics. So yesterday I spent, uh, Jared Christmas came around my house uh, and we spent the afternoon improvising as old men. Uh, right. And, and I'm going to make that into a script and then we're going to record it properly. And so, yeah, so I also have one of my other alt, alt, animated alter egos is an old man called Ted. So, uh, and yeah, I'm toying with the idea of, um, uh, of yes, possibly getting my kids improvising with the character. And yeah, so just since you mentioned that's another stupid thing I'm doing. No, it's, it, it, it's great though, isn't it? Because this idea that, that, that doodle that you did to go out in a, an email to people to, to drag them along to one of your, your, you know, your solo shows to get them to come and see you. Then, as it, it's amazing what that spurred then, and and where it's, yeah, where yeah, it's, it's, taken it's you. kind it of must be difficult my... to hate him. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't know, don't hate him at all. No, I, if I, if I, what would I say? With the last Edinburgh show I did was with, so I did an adult little Howard show a couple of years ago called, called Man and Boy, which was great fun and and really exciting and fun to to write and perform. Yeah, for adults as well, which was which yeah. was uh, yeah, lovely. Uh, yeah, no, so no, d- d- yeah, uh, he, yeah. He literally, this is the house that Little Howard built. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him constantly remind you of that as well. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of following you around the house, saying, uh, <laughs> "Are you going to ask before you uh, turn the heating up?" Or uh... 
yeah there's so many ways you can go with it it's uh no it, it sounds great and how much have you had to i'm sure is it just a case of taking out the swear words or have you adapted it much more than that for it being a, a live show for kids and and, and um, this, cru- this cruise that you're off on then yeah so well so um it, i've been sort of touring it for kids since about yeah i've been doing theater shows and fringe shows for kids since about 2006 yeah um, uh and it just turns out I just got a very childish sense of humor and uh and it was literally two two bit I've always I always at, at the time I I thought I was edgy and dangerous and there was two really dark jokes one with a couple with the c word in and stuff like that and we did the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Melbourne Age reviewed the show saying and said it was a show for all the family uh, viewed the couple of c bombs in there yeah um, <laughs> uh, and so out com- there they've got a different attitude to that yeah, it's, 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 a different, yeah. it's a different, different way, way of growing up um uh and uh yes so uh, yes so it literally took those out and the the show worked it, it, partly because also i was with how stuff it's always got a strong story in it it's got a beginning a middle and end and jeopardy and there's always a baddie and things like that because that's yeah. just the way i like to write things uh, and that's that's the way kids like their stories and so it didn't take a lot of so the, the first show i did was literally the 2003 show uh the big howard little howard show uh with three lines changed and uh it uh i think that won the best comedy kids show at the bucks and fringe like right. it was there was there was that much change to it and then the next one i wrote uh was specifically to write um yeah was specifically made for a family audience called that was the um little howard the magic pencil life and death uh and yeah that got us on the royal variety and got us the tv show and so uh yeah um so it just turns out that i i think like a kid anyway most of the time so um yeah it wasn't that much yeah i should have started doing it earlier and maybe i would have got my house earlier yeah yeah it's uh those wonderful hindsight moments isn't it of why why have i only just started doing this now or yeah why did, why did i start it then and not not 10 years before but i think that stuff it's really interesting isn't it because what was your kind of stand-up career like before little howard came along on the scene how would you describe it into you know your own view of it in terms of success and trajectory um it would it was it was going great and it and and but i was very surreal i was very left field and so i so i, I was sort of starting off in the time that jonglers was booming and things like that and i right. never really played jonglers because i was just too weird and i would freak out the stags and hens and they wouldn't get the uh um the, the nuances and yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was it was quite clever and it was very silly and i wouldn't ever link anything and so i'd always just do the next random thing that was so i'd sing songs to them about semi-exotic vegetables and uh my first i'd open with a song which basically there was a thing when i started that uh comics would turn up and go to a local gig and say, what's the town around here everyone hates and then go on and do a load of lines about yeah. down the road. And uh, again, quite a lot of the, my stuff was cut, was responding to sort of what I saw as hack uh, stuff around me. Um, and so I wrote a song which did that, but got it the wrong way around. So every, right. so, <laughs> so, so called everyone in the, so I would, uh, so if I was in um, uh, Derby, I'd, uh, shout come on nottingham they're all cunts they deserve it uh, <laughs> and it and it because it and it was sort of orchestrated by uh my friend who, that, that so and it was it was a really funny way but it was it was really risky i was quite i took a lot of risk yeah. um and uh yeah so so i've i'd always play the alternative the more alternative independent clubs but never really do the jonglers and things things like that so i was doing that and yeah so it was very much a fringe act um and that was going great and uh, I always wondered what would happen if I didn't hadn't come up with the little Howard stuff, and if I'd sort of pursued the the surreal stand up stuff because I, I was sort of contemporary of Tony Law, who is right. one of my favourite comics now, who's just yeah, has just plowed that furrow, yeah, and so. and and he played junglers, and he played junglers with his deeply deeply weird stuff, and yeah. now he's a fairly bulletproof surreal stand up comic because he's he's had to sell it. Uh, and yeah. failed to sell it on night after night um, to uh, stags and hens and huge like huge rooms that hated him because they just didn't get what he was trying to do and it wasn't what they it wasn't the shape of what they expected stand up to be. Uh, no, they they probably wanted your um, 
pigeons to turn up, didn't they? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> so my my stand up has gone my while while everything else was happening because so I, I sort of have a weird career with stand up. I still gig like two or three times a um a week uh, as a stand up, um, but it's 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 I've never been able to focus solely on the stand up um, because I've always had other fun things to do. Uh, so I'm now more as also I've got older. I've I. I never used to talk about real life when I was in my twenties because I didn't really have a life to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and now I've got yeah a relationship and kids and and a life and so I'm I'm more I'm less surreal, but still the moments that I love best in my stand up is the the weird stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm sort of looking to take my stand up more, more yeah back back into the into the more yeah avant garde places. Awesome. So th this writing then that you're working on at the moment, and you mentioned um, horrible histories there. Were you involved in the the film for that? No. So the film and the so the the uh, yeah horrible histories is is an uh, immense empire. Um, yeah. Uh, is, based yeah. on the books by Terry Deering, who uh, uh, and he sort of portions out the other bits and bobs. So the film is done by Caroline Norris and Giles Pilbro who okay. were the original people who did the original TV series. Uh, and now the TV series is done by other creative people. Um, and I'm one of the sort of um, second in command on the writing team. Um, okay. And by, yeah, I, I scripted it on the new series and, uh, and wrote, wrote, wrote the lyrics for a couple of the songs, which is the first one for me. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the song, yeah, the, the, the film is by, yeah, by, by the original team who are also brilliant. And so it's weird that the original production team are doing the film, uh, the cast, the original <laughs> cast are now doing Ghosts, which has just been recommissioned on C BBC. Uh, yeah. And the and yet yeah, the, the yeah one of the lead writers, one of the original lead writers, is now a lead writer, still. Uh, and yeah, and there's a sort of different different yeah crew of of writers underneath. Um, it, well, it's a, it's a massive success, isn't it? From that you know starting out as you said from the the books yeah, yeah. were hugely popular anyway and but then you know i guess there's always the the risk with that kind of thing of transferring it into a, a tv program that it won't quite carry across but i think obviously it's it's, it's, bit, it's kind of the lucky. perfect not lucky, sketch they, show. But, yeah because uh, it's it it's got facts in it it is educational um and and the team make sure it's always completely factually accurate and so parents will always want their kids to watch it uh it's you've got you don't never start with a blank page you the sketch right. has always got to be about something you you never got to think of what am i going to do next um and uh it's about history which is gives you the excuse to to make it about death and poo and things like that which quite often nowadays you can't get away with doing on kids telly but yeah. if you've got an educational reason to do it uh yeah that th they will let you get get away with yeah stuff that you'd never get away with on a on a straight sketch show and I guess, you know, it's another one of those things kind of linking into what you've done with Little Howard then of where there's that crossover between adults and children both yeah. enjoying the same thing. And that's what's great about Horrible History is they've done they've done shows at the at the uh like Albert Hall, they did did a prom, they've yeah, done a they've done a couple of films. The 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 um the production people have done the, the film that's coming out in july but also uh the original cast did a film called bill about william william shakespeare a couple of years ago which is actually really good um right uh yeah it's uh yeah it's it, it's yeah it's it's great fun and it's we also it was when i started out when i was doing my tv show uh i would always get pipped to any awards because uh horrible histories would be getting them um right yeah now now <laughs> i'm i'm on the team that's that's getting the awards which is lovely yeah Good. I was, going to, I was going to ask that then. They're hoping the awards have continued for you and not, um, yeah, yeah, gone I've, somewhere. I've got, you, um, you buggers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've yeah, got um, uh, a yeah, BAFTA nomination and an international Emmy um, um, as part of a team. Not, I didn't get it on my own, but uh, yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, you don't need to put that end bit on the sentence, Howard. Because <laughs> <just, laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyone who knows goes, you haven't got any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when I was um, speaking to uh, Dan Antopolsky, yeah. Uh, earlier today although that won't make sense when people listen to this podcast obviously because they won't hear that episode earlier today he was in um the da vinci code as jesus yes um, yeah which you know he's it, got a great story about it actually of how it's 
it sounds like the biggest role in the world, doesn't it? You know, it's yeah, a yeah. film if, about if Jesus you watch and it, his playing like, Jesus. And <laughs> you probably you probably see his foot, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, his well. big bit was cut, you know, that they did with like 2,000 extras. They didn't bother putting that bit in. And, you know, it is literally just a 20-second camera pan kind of thing, you know, which, which takes him in. But uh, as I said to him, hey, no one can take that away from you. You were... <laughs> You you were Jesus and, and you know, you've got a BAFTA, so there we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's it sounds like your your future's busy as anyway with, with all the writing. Are you quite in your career open to, you know, jumping around then from one project to another or are you quite driven? Is is there a, a plan behind Howard Reed at the moment and something that you're kind of ultimately aiming for or, or hoping to, to be working on and achieving? Um there's 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 never really a plan it's just what comes up next uh and so the stuff i'm doing at the moment i'm uh um developing a an animated pilot for a family audience uh with a production company in bristol um developing a sitcom uh idea with a production company in london um uh which are both for a sort of family audience which is the audience that i always like aim my writing at because because someone who can do kids stuff and adult stuff not many people can do that and so why no. won't you um aim at those uh, i've been working on uh, some characters for a museum in blackpool about entertainment um huh. been writing the character bible for that writing on to uh, a preschool chinese uh show about deer and of course, uh, of course. and <laughs> a a sort of a school age uh cbbc aged show about ninjas uh um yeah so that's mainly what i'm doing 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 the live show with the with the family um and so there's a really lovely spread and also doing stand up so it's a, it's a it's always what's great about doing uh all of it is that one is a nice sort of antidote to the other if you spend a day staring at a laptop writing a script but then you go to a club and mess around them seeing a comedy yeah. um and then get get on a boat and yeah, do hour-long shows to families it's a lovely varied life and yeah we're doing a lot of music festivals as well the last few years yeah we stand up and with with kids comedy and so you're taking the family to music festivals there's yeah because yeah. so, uh, i was going to ask how many hours are in a howard reed's day then because i <laughs> i generally struggle to get done the stuff i need to and it sounds like there's there's so much going on there is it that you're very good at sort of mixing in your brain you know more than one project on the go at the same time or do you still you know do you have to um you know departmentalize it still or you know i kind of i kind of need there's a lot going on yeah i kind of need to do it a day at a time i'm not great at uh multitasking uh i sort of do a day on one thing and a day on another thing um uh yeah i i sort of but because i've got kids and they go to school stupid hour in the morning um uh, yeah, I I don't work on I haven't worked on stand up hours for a long time, which was yeah, and yeah I live out of town now, so there's not a lot of sort of carousing and drinking after gigs, and so I'm kind of yeah I get up, kids go to school, and I work pretty much the school day, and then the kids come back and cook them dinner and things like that, and then I'm out in the evening for for gigs, and so it's probably a sort of same hours a nine to five sort of thing, um, but then you've got gigs and you, they're miles away, then you've got a lot of travelling to do, but uh, yeah yeah so it's a it's a it's it, it, it's not a full-time job but it yeah all the different jobs add up to a full-time of a thing but it's all it's also mostly my hobby as well and so yeah it's both my work and my relaxation at the same time well, yeah it's a, a well rolled out trope isn't it of um yeah if you love what you do then you won't work a day in your life and you know whoever that's been that's been attributed to about eight thousand people i think over the years isn't it to, uh, yeah the, 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 the other side of it is you do that. you do uh it is it, it's i think it's it's more and less stressful than a day job uh in that you yeah you you love what you do but then obviously that makes you care about it more uh and so it makes it more stressful uh and and obviously you've got the freelance thing of not necessarily knowing when the when it's all going to stop uh and so yeah it's yeah you, yeah it's brilliant but it's also because it's brilliant and i love it it's also more stressful uh yeah than yeah i guess you 
I'm, I'm like that with whatever creative project you know I might be working on at the time and it's kind of something that I you know I do have a real job day job and that that kind of thing as well you know to pay the mortgage and 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 all the rest of it but yeah obviously the other creative stuff that I'm doing is you know equally as as important to me really but it is that that balancing act isn't it and so I guess you don't have the benefit of you know I close my I haven't I don't know why I'm saying this I close my desk it makes it sound like I work in the 18th or 19th century (laughs) yeah so I uh, close the uh yeah the bureau and uh beat beat my um assistant and then I head back home uh in the horse and carriage and uh, um but you know I guess you yeah I know that with my creative stuff you know it's whenever my um my long suffering wife says you know has realized that I've drifted off again and I'm I'm looking into the distance you know what you're thinking about it's like do I really want to tell her that I'm thinking yeah. about this thing that I'm writing again? You know, so I sort of have to, oh, I was thinking about your birthday, dear, and what I should <laughs> My My oh. family have long given up on, on ever expecting me to think about anything other than my work. Yeah, I'm always thinking. But, but also, the lovely thing is, the, the really lovely thing about doing the show with the kids is that, yeah, I can be thinking about them and thinking about stupid jokes about farts at the same time. Which yeah, is and funny. that's the clever thing you've done there, and that's what I need to. I might need to let the twelve-week-olds rubbish at comedy at the moment. <laughs> She's, uh, you know, laughs now and again, but her timing's all out. You know, it's uh, needs to work yeah. on that definitely. But no, that's the, the clever thing that you've done. I guess if if you can involve your family and and not in a forced way, <laughs> you know, into what you love doing and you know where it becomes part of your your lives and it is a a, a way of life for your guests isn't it it's kind of part of your family's culture now I'd yeah and and they don't know any different and they they um for them it's normal and and sam you when he was about sort of five when he asked was asked what he wanted to do for a living he would go uh well almost like a um a Victorian miner uh, who lived in the Yorkshire village where no one did anything else. He he would go like, oh, I, I've got to be a stand-up comedian. Like one of the, someone from that village would go, well, I'll be a miner, won't I? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. What's lovely about doing the doing the kid stuff is that at a very early age they'd be able to come and see what I do and why I disappear for for yeah for weeks on end in the school holidays is like they they get what I do and, and why I do it. Whereas if I was just doing adult stuff they wouldn't be able to see it for another few years yeah uh, it's a very funny story we mentioned certainly earlier there's a very funny story about um uh jack d who had that had the problem of like his kids just didn't get what he did because he just did adult stuff and stuff that, that that they couldn't see um and so he did a guest spot on the sooty show uh because his kids loved the sooty show right and, uh sooty squirted him with um with a water <laughs> pistol and he he hoped that would make his kids understand what he did, but they just made kids hate Sooty because they right. were to their dad. Yeah, it's a fine. Yeah, so he ended ended up ruining something for them rather than yeah, uh, yeah becoming making it more in, in, inclusive. So, um, it's I mean it, it does sound you know I'm not a, you know as a, a a dad to a, a young family and trying to raise you know two healthy level headed you know good strong females you know um, obviously oh, don't a make a mad, massive funny well no exactly a <laughs> massive feminist now obviously myself it's amazing how that happens as soon well, yeah, as yeah. since one one daughter comes along but when you add the second one to the mix as well i'm uh Wait yeah minute. i'm, I'm out there on the bastards. front lines yeah <laughs> yeah i am i am massively massively like that now yeah, and uh yeah my annoys my wife immensely when her friends come round to to chat and spend time with her and I'm perched at the end of the sofa, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, nodding along. And, uh, <laughs> isn't it sisters? I'm with you. <laughs> I don't quite push it that far, but uh, you, I'm sure you get what I mean. What, yeah. what was it like for you? What were your influences growing up then? Is this kind of a, a, a baton that you're just passing on or, or, or was it slightly different for you? Um, I never really saw much live comedy when I was a kid. I watched lots of comedy as a teenager, like Blackadder and uh, Faultley Towers and things like that, and Monty Python. Uh, but I think my early influences was things like uh, Danger Mouse and things like that. I think it's one of the reasons I got into um, uh, animation is that I just I love Danger Mouse and I loved that the silliness of that. And I think that 
kind of and I know when Danger Mouse was revived, I was one of the writers who was on the first series of that, which was amazing. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't. I never. I'd never seen live stand up before I started doing it. I started running a a, a club. A, well, emceeing a club at university. Um, I'd got into writing, uh, doing a radio show at uni, um, and doing Amdram stuff and gravitating towards the the comedy stuff. But um, yeah, it was mainly telly and messing about with my mates uh, and coming up with recording like pretend radio shows on tapes and things like yeah. that. And uh, just yeah, having fun, fun, having funny friends and trying to compete with them uh, was kind of how I started doing it. But there wasn't really oh, yeah, I lived outside London. There, there wasn't really a stand up scene there, and that wasn't a thing that I knew existed really until I sort of yeah started doing it and meeting stand ups and realizing oh the yeah turns out these are my people. So it wasn't anything like your your parents or family members were like in the the arts if we uh no my that mom, for it or the creatives my mom's very musical her family's very musical but they're also very religious and right. the um if there is a genetic performing gene they, then my mum's family were uh uh all preachers uh and right. so i okay. don't know if they're if they're I always i've got a sort of well a, there you go that's probably it yeah yeah i've got a theory <laughs> that there might be something in there and my like my my granddad who i never knew like played the ukulele and stuff like that and went to music halls and stuff like that in the yeah it's quite an old yeah very spread out family um so I, I don't know whether yeah but yeah but the, but certainly my yeah my dad is a scientist and my mum uh did pensions documentation but also yeah performed in that she would play in church uh music halls music not not music halls yeah to play, play music in church and stuff like that and she was a violin teacher which is a horrible way to grow up if uh, in the house with children learning the violin that's that's oh torture God. um how do you have you did you avoid that with yours is there any tips you can give me to uh well not have those brought home from school well um yeah but they will they, they, fortunately now they used to just be recorders that they bring home which are, that's one of the violins and recorders are the two things you never want to hear a child play because they can't do it and it's horrible um but ukulele they now they now um send kids home with ukuleles which is a slightly nicer noise and at least you can tune it and so it's going to be in tune um, Got you. But um, uh, yeah, what I did was uh, I sort of uh, really tried to instill in the kids that um, learning a music instrument was, instrument was great. So they really pushed back against that and gave up really early. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, great yeah, try too hard. Yeah. That's what it is. You do. As a parent, you try too hard and they will turn against you. Uh, and they have peace and quiet. I, that is a great tip. There you go. Brilliant. I'll make a little note of that here as well. Um, I always like it when you see like on the, the school school run um you know when some little kids decided that they want to play the double bass or the yeah cello or, or something like that <laughs> and like the smallest children carrying these these cases on their back you know and it's like surely you, you, you know you have to admire the determination you know it's like of, a dunk um, beat, isn't it? <laughs> it it is really yeah crawling along to school with this uh yeah huge huge weight on their back yeah bless them for that that's uh that's real, real commitment to the cause, isn't it? Of uh, spreading the wonderful music that the yeah. children do. <laughs> a harp. I reckon they should encourage kids to play the harp. Oh, that was that was soon put thing. to an end, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or well, who's taking home the school piano this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I did play. I was a double bass player when I was, but there was only I didn't have a double bass. There was one at school, which I broke, fell over, and, and it snapped. I snapped <laughs> double bass. Yeah. Not Imagine you. Yeah, that's, that's proud, parents' proudest moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, Howard, it, it, it is like so interesting, everything that you've you've got on the go. And, and nicely there as well. I normally come into having these conversations with people quite, you know, well-armed on what they're up to. But loads of little snippets there of, of things that either I didn't know that you, you had worked on and been involved in and, and obviously that you're you're working on now at the moment is there anything that you'd you'd point the audience towards of wanting them to um come and support you you doing or um anything we should be we checking out online and watching at the moment uh yeah the, well if, if anyone's in london on uh and fancy seeing uh two kids and a cartoon cat doing uh a show uh where where that's going to be in august on i'm just scrolling through my online diary to remember where it is it's going to be at the Bill Murray at five o'clock uh, on the 12th of August. Um, uh, yeah, that's called Samson and Mabel charge you like an ox. Um, 
uh, the online cartoon. Well, so I'm doing so this 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 cartoon is kind of as close as I'll ever get to running my own podcast. I think uh, right. it's me collaborating with other comics. Um, uh, yeah, it's improvisation based scripted. So there'll be short animations of conversations between different comics doing uh, different old men characters. Uh, and that's going to be called, I think it's going to be called Tedward Talks. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I've got one of them, recorded one with uh, Jared Christmas and uh, going to do one with Rob Rouse and, uh, and also uh, Glenn Wool. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, Great so. Lineup. so uh, but the, the problem is that I have to draw a new character every time I work with a new person. And so the idea is to try and get a, uh, a mixture of people. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully some women and uh, people who aren't white. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. A, a constant struggle on the podcast front as well. It's uh, my my invitation wise is um, as as broad and as varied as as, you know, you you would hope to see. But it's uh, yeah, invariably I. Uh, yeah, don't always and you, uh, get you, as diverse sort of, a sort of, crowd as I'm after. Yeah, and I'm not sort of because also, but also I've sort of done my comedy growing up on the comedy circuit, which which for the first half of it wasn't remotely diverse and no. didn't try to be, and so lots of my mates are middle class white men, <laughs> um, and so yeah, but but yeah, but you want to push that and you want to yeah to to make that not be the thing, but that's what yeah. it is. It is that at the moment, but uh, yeah, we're, no, we're, that 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 sounds really look forward to that that sounds really good and uh no some brilliant names that you got involved in that one even though you're creating a, a ton more work for yourself by the sounds of it just but th- but that's what's lovely about that's what's lovely about the animation stuff and what's brilliant about the sort of creative world now is when i started doing the animation stuff it was youtube didn't exist and and podcast didn't exist and that homemade ethos was I mean, there's only a few of us who could do it who had sort of I, I taught myself to w- animate in flash uh and now anyone can do it and it's such a brilliant yeah. creative uh thing that if you've got something to say or something to, to show you can do it and yeah hopefully find an audience which is brilliant yeah most definitely mate and a long may it continue for my uh, modest modest little podcast here so thank you so much for for supporting it howard i, I really do appreciate it and um Thanks for having us. I I would no, that's cool, man. What I'll do is, and uh, this is my the longest worded uh, catchphrase in show business. I like to call this um, <laughs> for everyone that's listening. Obviously, what I'll do, I'll put into the notes the links for your website, Howard, and social media, uh, and all the rest of it, and where links to tickets if you want to send me those over for um, the the show at the Bill Murray or anything like that. Lovely get all stuff. those details together. We'll put them on there and get them sent out to the the mailing list as well because. Uh, no, some amazing creativity on the go. And thank you very much for sharing it with us. Thank you for having us. Superb. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Kev. So there you go, Howard Reed. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, Howard. And apologies once again, my friend, for it taking so long to get your episode out there. No reflection on my love for it whatsoever. It was a fascinating chat. And what's great about Howard is he's got all these kind of elements and just so creative with the way that he expresses his humor and his comedy and the, the different paths that he explores and, and creates with it. it's uh, brilliant really inspiring stuff and please do check him out online in the show notes there'll be all the links to his social media you can check him out there see where he's gigging in the near future but no it's brilliant check out anything of his really you will not be disappointed a really really funny man and thank you so much howard look i'm not gonna leave you this long ever again i promise all right um we'll be back real soon in fact within the next 24 48 hours or so with another episode or two which we need to get out there in preparation for season two coming in november so thank you very much for listening i love you all with with all of my heart the the entirety of it i really really do um you're a special bunch i love you dearly thank you for sticking with me listening a lot share it around give us a, a follow and a like and all that baloney as well and that would be much appreciated have a fantastic rest of day or whatever it is you're up to enjoy thank you very much pullback reveal is a podcast by me kevrook only made possible by the 
kind generosity of our guests who give up their time for absolutely nothing at all. Now, if you would like to help us out in any way, all you need to do, and it's really simple, is just go to wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a subscribe, give us a rate and review if it will let you do so, and then get onto social media. Search at Pullback Reveal. You'll find us on Facebook and Twitter. And give us a follow, like our stuff, share what we're doing. That would really, really help at the moment because each and every one of you that does that, it just spreads the message a little bit wider. And the more listeners we get, the bigger and better we can become. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another wonderful guest, and mark my words. And in the meantime, look out in the midweek for the trailer and the reveal of who our next guest is going to be. Thanks for your time. Bye now.